podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Friday before Liverpool take on Manchester City at the Etihad in the Premier League. Going into the game, Liverpool have everybody fit. Everybody is fit for only the second time all season. Liverpool have a full squad and we should all be very, very happy about that. No injuries anywhere, no suspensions. Jurgen Klopp has a full deck to deal from this weekend. And that's that's bad news for everybody else because the players he has at his disposal are absolutely elite. Now, he's going to have some choices to make. Went over them yesterday, not going to do them again today. What I thought I'd do today is the most pointless thing in all of football, a combined 11. Thought I'd put together a combined 11 and be really biased about it. So it's Allison in goal. It's not close. It is generally not close. Genuinely not close. Ederson's really good with his feet. He's nothing more than decent with the rest of the goalkeeping stuff. He's decent 1v1. He's a decent shot stopper. He's decent on crosses. Ali's great everywhere. So... It's Ali by a mile. It's Trent at right back. And again, it's not close. Kyle Walker is one of the most overrated players of the last decade. He's a pace merchant and little else. He's an empty-headed pace merchant. He's not a particularly good defender, but he's got great pace and he recovers a lot of his own mistakes and other people's mistakes. If you knock the ball by him and try to run him down the line, then he's good. If you cut inside him and turn him onto his left shoulder, then he struggles. Nathaniel Klein was the same thing. Kleine was great down the touchline. Aaron Wan-Bissaka is great down the touchline. Turn any of them in onto the left shoulder and drive inside, and they don't know what to do. Trent is the best right back in world football. It's not close. It's Trent. Left back is a matter of preference. For what we need, Andy Robertson is perfect. Jean Canseo is a more talented footballer than Andy Robertson, but he's not a more effective footballer than Andy Robertson. Now, people always talk about Pep and Klopp wanting different things. At fullback, they want the same things. At fullback, they want the same things. Walker is a poor man's Andy Robertson. 
aggressive ball carrier, an overlap merchant, quick, straight line speed, and crosses quite a bit. Now, Walker's crosses tend to be more cutbacks, but that's part of Pep's system. Robbo's crosses are a different type. Robbo's a better crosser. But Trent and, or sorry, Walker and Robbo are similar enough in profile. Trent and Canseo are similar enough in profile. Trent's just better than him. But both of them are playmakers in the team. And both of them in play function more as midfielders than they do as fullbacks. Now, I would say Andy Robertson being the more effective player when we already have Trent, he's the one to put in your combined 11. Virgil is in over Laporte. It's no contest. And that's with me being a big fan of Laporte. He hasn't quite been the same since he had the knee injury a couple of years ago. I still think he's City's best centre-back. But Virgil is on a different level to everybody else. So it's Virgil plus one. Now, last season, Ruben Diaz was lauded as this Virgil-esque defender, despite being nothing of the sort. He's very good. Don't get me wrong. He's very good. But there's a little bit of something about him that leaves him error-prone. He's caused City points on three different occasions this season with bad decision-making. There's a little bit of lovering about him. A little bit of hero ball somewhere built into the back of his brain. He just can't stay on his feet. Ruben Diaz loves nothing more than to hurl himself on the floor for absolutely no reason. Go back and watch Salah's goal against City at Anfield this season. Ask yourself, what is Ruben Diaz doing? What is he doing? Why is he on the floor? This season, Joel Matip has been better than Ruben Diaz. I think Diaz is probably the better defender overall. You can have either one. I'll go Diaz to be polite, make it fair. It's three to one in the defense and our keeper. It's Fabinho at holding midfield. Rodri's excellent. Fabinho's the best on the planet. Let's take a moment here to pause and pour one out for whatever small bit of intelligence was still rattling around the head of Jack Wiltshire, who last night tried to claim that Declan Rice was the best defensive midfielder in the world, that Fabinho doesn't have, and I quote, Deck's presence, that Sergio Busquets is the only defensive midfielder he's seen on Deck's level, and that Deck has a harder job than Busquets did. There's a lot to, un- to unpack in that, an awful lot to unpack. There's 46 layers of wrapping paper, 19 boxes within a bigger box. And when you get to the bottom of it, there's nothing in the last box. You've been had. It's absolute nonsense. Let's start with the fact that Declan Rice doesn't actually play defensive midfield for Chelsea. He plays box to box. Thomas Suchek plays defensive midfield for Chelsea. He does play defensive midfield for England, largely with a back three behind him. 
and with Calvin Phillips next to him, who's also a defensive-minded midfielder. There is no planet in not just our own solar system, but any solar system on which Declan Rice is a better defensive midfielder than Fabinho. Fabinho's the best on the planet. Declan Rice, as a defensive midfielder, is the second best at his own club. Suchek is a better defensive midfielder than Declan Rice. He's got better positioning. He reads the game better. He's a better tackler. Rice is better on the ball. Suchek's better defensively. Let's move on. Kevin De Bruyne is in. It's him or Bernardo Silva for the right-sided number eight role. I'm going to go with De Bruyne. Body of work. At his best, he's a better player. Left side is Thiago. Gundogan is a wonderful player. You could put Bernardo there. He's a wonderful player. But it's Thiago. Then Gundogan. Then Naby. Because like I said, Bernardo's more suited to the right side of the role. Because we're playing our setup, not theirs. So it's Thiago. So we've got a two-to-one advantage in midfield, a three-to-one advantage in defence, and we do have the better goalkeeper. In attack, I love Phil Foden. I, I think he's a really special player. He's not generational because we see players like Phil Foden quite regularly, but he is brilliant. And I'm going to play him as the false nine in this setup. With his movement, his intelligence, his dribbling, his passing ability, and his goal-scoring ability, he's my number nine. Salah's on the right. I mean, Salah or Mares isn't really a competition. It, it really isn't a competition. It's not close. On the left, I'm going to go Raheem Sterling. Now, you could argue Mane. He's obviously dropped off a level from where he was a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago... Maybe it was Mane, though Sterling was sensational then as well. If we go from 17, 18 to now, it's got to be Sterling. Jota can be a shout. Sterling's a better all-round player. Diaz might become a better player than Sterling once he's fully settled in. But for now, I'll go Raheem Sterling while admitting he's not having his best season. Didn't have it last year either, but he had a three-year run where he was unbelievable. So I'm going to go Sterling. I'm going to give them a two-to-one advantage in the attack. But what I will say is we then have better depth than them because I'm taking all of Firmino, Mane, Diaz and Jota over any of their other attacking options, over Gabriel Jesus, over Riyad Mahrez, over Jack Grealish. Give me any of our others over any of theirs. In midfield, I think I'd take Bernardo as the first backup. We'll do a backup 11 as well. Why not? So we're going to have their fullbacks, but I'm having Ibu and Matip as my centre-backs just because, just because I can. I'm having Ibu and Matip. They can have Ederson. Midfield will be Rodri, Bernardo and, and Gundogan. Unfortunately, I just do think it is their three. Up front is all us. 
up front is all us. If we take out my best 11, it works out a bit easier for them. They get six, we get five. But I like my starting 11. I like it. Ali, Trent, Diaz, Virgil, Robbo, De Bruyne, Fabinho, Thiago, Salah, Foden, and Sterling. I do like that. I think that's a good team. It's a 7-4 advantage to us, though. It means absolutely nothing. This was just to fill time. Anyway, let's move on then. Liverpool are on the verge or have already completed, depending on who you read, the signing of Fabio Carvalho from Fulham. This is one we should be excited about. This genuinely is one that people should be hyped over. This kid is very, very talented, and we've got him at an absolute bargain price. 7.7 million, including some add-ons. He's only 19, doesn't turn 20 until August. Now, Romano would have you believe it's his exclusive. It's not. It's David Lynch's exclusive. David Lynch broke this news February 2nd initially. Then some fella from some website came out and said that, you know, it was the, the next day. On February 3rd, he wrote his story, which he's then claimed to be an exclusive since. Uh, Lynch confirmed last week that this deal was basically done. And then it came out yesterday. Romano claiming an exclusive despite everybody having it. It's David Lynch's exclusive. If I could remember David Lynch's Twitter handle, I think it's at DM Lynch. I think it's at DM Lynch. It used to be Lynch Standard. I think it's at DM Lynch now. Um, it's his exclusive. So go and congratulate him on his exclusive. Because that guy's freelance should be working for, and I don't have any, I don't have any relationship with him at all. The only interaction me and David Lynch have ever had, ever, he once called me a prick and I called him a gormless fool. Now, I may have called him a gormless fool first, but that's it. And that's years ago. He was working for like the Manchester Evening News. I think it was over Victor Wanyama. If memory serves, that's that's who it was over. But so I don't have any relationship. I'm, I'm not here to shill for David Lynch. But David Lynch is a very good journalist who should be working for a major news outlet. He's better than he's better than most of the ones currently employed to cover Liverpool. Uh, but yeah, David Lynch deserves all the credit for this story. Go and congratulate him uh, on this story. Very excited by this player. To me, he's a little bit of a Coutinho regen. He really is. There's something very special about him. He's a wonderful dribbler. He's got great pace. He's very intelligent. He's a good passer. Can score goals. Eight goals this season in 31 games. Seven and 29 in the championship. It's a fair return for a kid who was 18 when the season started. So we reunite him with Harvey Elliott, which, again, something that should be exciting for people. They played together at Fulham for a number of years. I believe they were together for three years at Fulham. And they're three sensational talents. Now, as to where Carvalho fits at Liverpool, he may well 
compete with Harvey for the right side at eight role. Uh, he could play a little bit off the left wing. He could play a lot off the left wing, but we've got a lot of options there. I've seen some people say he could play as a false nine. I'm not seeing it. He's 5'7". He's tiny. Like, could Harvey play there? No. Why do you think? And Harvey's stockier built. Harvey'd be more able to deal with the kicking that comes of playing as a false nine. I don't think Carvalho could play there at all. Um, I think ideally you're playing 4-2-3-1 with him as the 10, Harvey off the right and Salah as the 9, and that's probably how you get the best from Harvey and Fab. Uh, but it's going to be fun to see the two of them reunite in Liverpool Red next season. By all accounts, there's no plan to loan out Carvalho. He is going to be part of the first-team squad straight away. Five key things from Kloppo's press conference. No injuries, a full squad available. Uh, Kloppo says it's not a title decider. He says that regardless of the result, it's not a title decider. If we win, we're two points up. Now, I agree with him like on that. If we win or it's a draw, I don't think the title's decided. If we lose, I have a tough time seeing us come back. Four points with seven games. They can afford to slip up once, and they're unlikely to slip up twice, unless West Ham and Wolves can do them. Um, he's downplayed comments made about Salah and whether or not he's been affected by all the nonsense around his contract after Pep Guardiola ironically spoke of the criticism pointed his way for overthinking tactics his words were presented back to Klopp but without their intended meaning which the manager wanted to clear up you all meaning the reporters have responsibility on this planet if you want to talk to us then do us a favor and help us he said ironically i overthink things i like overthinking things pep is the best coach in the world i think we would all agree with that it may be a coincidence that it didn't work out so far in the champions league but if anyone doubts him i have no idea how that could happen i think that's very fair um Klopp says liverpool will not play the 5-5-0 as atletico madrid uh, lined up against City in midweek. That's a shame. That's a shame. I'm sure we were all hoping to see a 5-5-0, but maybe, maybe if we go one up nice and early, Klopp might just shithouse his way to, to victory. That could be that could be very fun. Um, on to Liverpool.com. There is, the lead article is about Sunday's game. Uh, Liverpool set to complete another transfer as Mohamed Salah and teammates Ask for £66 million signing. So this is about Darwin Nunes. This is about Darwin Nunes. Portuguese media are reporting that Liverpool were left incredibly impressed by one Benfica player after the first leg of their quarterfinal Champions League tie. Daily newspaper Record says Darwin Nunes performed so well that those in charge and even players of Liverpool were convinced on him and could make a possible transfer. Uh, move. Mohamed Salah supposedly told Benfica midfielder Adel Tarap that he was impressed with Nunes's ability, while it is said all the Reds players were speaking about him in the dressing room. You know what's funny is, I've seen people on social media suggest that he wasn't all that good. He was their best player by a country mile. Um, he, he was good. I mean, he, he just was good. He completed all of his dribbles. He beat 
Robbo a couple of times. He beat Kanate. He scored a goal. He worked hard. He gave Virgil problems, which is very hard to do. I'd be very interested to see what people were saying about Luis Diaz after our two games against Porto when he was relatively poor in both games. I'd also remind everybody it's much harder to play well against Liverpool than it would be to play well with Liverpool because you'd be playing with much better players if you were in the Liverpool team. If you're playing for Benfica against Liverpool, all of your teammates are outmatched. All of them, every single one of them. Judging players on how they play against Liverpool might be the dumbest thing you can do. Uh, a bit here about the Carvalho deal being done. Uh, Mbappe still an option, according to Lekip. We'll just ignore that. Because, well, it's absolute nonsense. Uh, a few other bits and pieces there on Liverpool.com. You can go and give them a read. There's a piece there about Arnaud Denjuma, who I'm starting to really warm to. I wonder if he is at Memphis to pile light and if he couldn't play as a false nine if we wanted that type of player. Uh, Sam Maguire has decided to, as he does, just stamp all over my my suggestion that we should sign him as a false nine uh, because that's what Sam gets his jollies from. Uh, Moving on to AnfieldIndex.com, an article here called Operation Man City, written by the machine Stephen Smith. Do check that out. There is a new Molby on the spot. Mr. Trev Downey, Mr. Jan Mulby, it's a belter. It's an absolute belter. Give that one a listen. There's a new Euro Incision podcast. There's a new Scouted and a new Rival Recon. Loads of stuff up on Anfield Index for you to read and listen to. Make sure you're doing it or I'll send people to your house. I'm not even messing. I'll send people to your house. Happy birthday to me. See you Monday. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.